everyone, and welcome to this week's On the Spot. I'm Zach Strickland, and with me as always, John Paul Hampstead. Hey, Zach. Welcome. Uh, so we've had a pretty, again, continuing the story of the coronavirus and a yeah. volatile uh, setting that we've seen. We've had a pretty interesting week so far. People are still buying a lot of toilet paper and Purell. Um, and food, food and out west, people are buying bottled water. And, and, you know, here in Chattanooga, we finally hit that point where the government has said, you know, hey, guys, we're going to start shutting some things down. Schools in yeah. Hamilton County came down. That's happening throughout the United States. Yeah. Uh, you know, my friend in Maryland said that they've shut down schools there as well. So for the little bit, we're, we're going to enter a new world <laughs> order, if you will as we start to really kind of figure out what this coronavirus situation is gonna look like in the United States. And, you know, what's fascinating to me is seeing, you know, its interaction with freight, obviously. Of course, <laughs> obviously. I mean, I've related everything back to yeah. freight. Everything has to be related to freight. But uh, we've seen, uh, you know, some interesting patterns. Yeah, I mean, week. you know, the sort of unprecedented rapid growth in uh, contracted truckload volumes mm -hmm. is continuing at pace. Um, slightly down year over year, just because this is kind of a normal, you know, seasonal th like like down year over year from where it was before. It's still like double digits. Oh up, yeah, yeah, up yeah, year yeah. Over year. yeah. <laughs> It's not like I think it went from like fifteen to fourteen or something like that. Right. Um, but you know, that's it's a lot of panic buying. It's a lot of seasonal stuff. It's you know. Um, we can get into that, but there's growth in many markets. All the major markets are turning back on. Um, what really is, is and I think national about rejections are at what now? Nine? They're, they're, they're back. They're right up around nine, nine yeah. percent. No, actually, they're over 10 percent. They're today. over 10 percent. Over 10 percent today. We jumped another 200 basis points yesterday. So we're finally seeing the volume, the demand side have a legitimate impact to capacity. Right. You know, you can't just turn on the faucet all at once all over the country and expect it to just remain stable. So it's important to note that it's still not as volatile as it would be around a Christmas or a Thanksgiving, yeah. you know, because you have a lot of supply side uh, situations there. So drivers are getting back to their homes. They're taking vacations. July, for instance, the second most vacation time of year, the week between Christmas and New Year's, the first <laughs> most vacation period of the right. year, uh, you know, and we don't have that in March. March is not a heavy vacation year, I mean, time of the year, so you're not going to have as much. I mean, traditionally in freight companies, they're ramping up. They're pulling out of that winter doldrum period. They're cycling up. They know that the, the freight's going to start moving. So they're a little bit more ready, but it's still interesting to see. It's Yeah, um, it's, it's really the shippers mm -hmm. that are, um, you know, sort of... Uh, Going all hands on deck to make sure that uh, shelves stay full. That those are the that's where we're seeing the bottleneck. Not necessarily right. the transportation providers, but shipper facilities and exactly. getting getting product out. Um, we're seeing a really great growth in major northeastern markets like Harrisburg, Allentown, um, places even even places like I mean I think we should talk about L.A. for a second because we've Have started to see recovery in customs shipments, import shipments into LA, um, outbound intermodal container volumes from LA are also bouncing off the bottom. Now they're still very low uh, compared to sort of where they should be, but they are now moving up directionally. So that's, that's gonna be a positive for uh, drage companies. It's gonna be a positive for large, you know, intermodal, you know, companies with intermodal exposure like JB Hunt. Yep. Um, so, that's that's a good thing. We're keeping our eye on that. Um, 
other other ports, you know, like uh, uh, the port of New York and New Jersey. If you look at like um, Elizabeth, like customs shipments into Elizabeth, you know, a little bit of softness there. But overall, um, we think the uh, the China story is starting to take a backseat to the consumer behavior in the U.S. Yeah, I think that's important to see. Now, of course, the rail volumes and the custom shipments we feel lead uh, the domestic freight market. A lot of what we've seen, you know, moving in the freight industry just now is a lot of inventory. We've had a ton of inventory pulled into the United States. Warehouses were at 89% capacity last year, according to some of our reports, right. uh, which means that they were 89% full. So yeah. that means Which is above yeah, where they should be. Way above where they should be traditionally. Um, inventory levels on the you know TBIS about one and a half months uh, you know of sales revenue. So it's we we had a lot of freight available to move in the United States right. prior to all of this. So right. the customs and the rail, especially the international, uh, the twenty and forty foot containers, tend to be you know more indicative of what's coming into the country. The imports, of course, the freight potential. Um, we were like a loaded weapon, ready to shoot a bunch of freight across the country, and that's what we're seeing right now. The big question is, you know, now that we're seeing the customs and imports, you know, start to recover. Uh, again, good sign in general, just for everyone. The question is whether yeah. demand for the, that product can sustain those volumes. Yeah, and 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 we don't know how long, you know, until those import volumes start to slide up significantly. How fast does the toilet paper come off the shelf? Again, we're not pulling toilet paper from China, but. Some of those upstream things, like the containers that the Purell is made in. Uh, and it's very, it's just like, you know, depending on the mood of the consumer, depending on what the federal government does in terms of fiscal stimulus, depending on how bad the outbreak actually gets, mm -hmm. we don't really, there's no real precedent for what American consumer behavior is going right. to look like um, if large numbers of people are sitting at home. Like, for example, does this have a profound impact on, um, you know, e-commerce's market share of retail sales in the U.S. going forward for, you know, I mean, I could see that changing for, I mean, you know, like a bull case would be people are literally going to shop all day online. Right. Because they're bored. Um, a bear case would be everyone stops paying money. It's very hard, you know, the, um, a sort of base case would be like, okay, you're going to see things like restaurants crash, grocery, but all that spending is going to go toward grocery stores, right? things like that. So, I mean, it's we're kind of in an unprecedented situation. Um, I think it'd be foolish for us to make like sort of definite, specific predictions about what consumer spending is going to do, but, um, you know, it's obviously we're going to monitor very closely. Yeah, no, that, I mean, and we're, we're talking largely about the good side of things, yes. you know, uh, products, physical goods. I think the service side is what most people are concerned about as if people are shutting yeah. down. Yeah, and yeah. That's, I've, I've read things that this might be um, the United States' first service-led recession. So when you think about, um, you know, I don't know, like deals being done, you think about people um, paying for legal services, uh, buying land, you know, all of the sort of professional classes that we you pay fees to do things for, right. um, those might, that might see a pretty dramatic slowdown. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting to watch this interlacing dynamic. We've seen an industrial side slowdown over the last year. The goods production right. levels are all down. Uh, the service side was really pulling the economy up. Right. Uh, and then, of course, the retail spending, the consumer sentiment actually comes out today. We, we, we're going to wait on that. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, just to see how, how good that, they feel. Is that the February number? 
It will be for February, yes. Okay, so kind of before... Before the coronavirus really... Took hold. Kind of took hold. So, it, But it's still going to be interesting to see. I mean, we're uh, Anthony Smith, our lead economist, of course, has been watching closely the, uh, the employment levels uh, just to see if there's any right, fluctuation right, right. there. And there has been no fluctuation in employment levels thus far. Interestingly, so. and we don't... I'm, I'm going to talk about this survey kind of preliminarily. We mm-hmm. haven't, like, like, ran all the numbers. But yesterday we sent out a, an Internet survey to thousands and thousands of transportation companies. Within hours, we'd already got 700 responses. Wow. Um, 40% of brokers, tons of carriers, and then you know, maybe like 10% uh, tech companies, 10% shippers. Really, and we asked them basically like a series of questions about how are you responding to the coronavirus? How are you changing your company's operations? Right. Super interesting. Almost none of them said that they expected it to impact headcount. Um, you know, and it was it, the tech companies were taking the most drastic steps um, about you know canceling in-person meetings, canceling travel, having people work from home, et cetera, et cetera. But th- again, they have the most flexibility. I was say because they can. Yeah, they can. Um, carriers have the least flexibility, so they're pretty much. And, you know, we know we can see from the the way the economy is going that. They are staying on the road. They're making sure people can buy what they need to buy to get ready for this. So shout out to America's drivers. Um, sure. Because they're doing a really uh, you know, brave job right now, driving, crisscrossing the country, mm-hmm. going in all these places, delivering stuff. The brokers have been interesting. Um, a lot of them are um, you know, thinking about working from home putting in contingency plans in case they have to close their... Because you think about a typical brokerage with a big, wide-open floor, hundreds of people in a room. It's very open, you know, kind of like what we have here. So if if the virus were to get into a floor like that, that shuts down the entire operation. Yeah, so so, so, um, talking to uh, Andrew Silver last night, CEO of Molo Solutions Mm -hmm. in Chicago, they, uh, they had their guys unload a trailer full of 300 uh, flat screen monitors. Everyone in the company is setting up a workstation at home. They're testing this week um, to make sure that everything runs smoothly in case they do have to go to that in, in the next few weeks. So they're they're preparing sort of very aggressively. And, and, you know, different companies are kind of doing things at different levels. Yeah, I think it is going to be fascinating to see just what this work-from-home state of the being is going to do to the United States economy. This will be the first test of how productive we are as a country, uh, you know, how resilient are we. Also, I think it will be fascinating about the, the universities are going to put a big strain on, on all that <laughs> sort of uh, streaming software. Things that we don't necessarily think about every day are going to be, get hit by this. It's not going to be your traditional retail, like, you know, like you said, people will sit at their homes and order stuff off Amazon. I don't think, I think that may get a boost out of this situation. I honestly do. Yeah, I, I think. If I know my mother-in-law. Yeah. She's going to be buying stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we definitely will be seeing a little bit more boost in the e-commerce realm. Again, that's good for freight movements in general. Uh, but like you, like we talked about, the service side is the thing that's, I think you're going to see this wave impact. Like, do I really want to go, you know, get yeah. a massage or go to a restaurant? And that has or... a downstream impact on freight. So here in a few months, you know, say they had a week, you know, second quarter and some of these service side things, you know, the airline industry, of course, is taking a big hit. Travel in general, tourism, um, money's not flowing as much. So eventually that'll show up in jobs and, you know, people's revenue streams. Speaking of um, 
air just really quickly, just as it pertains to freight. One of the things that we saw, we actually predicted, but it's showing up, is that um, air rates from Asia to the U.S. are like spiking like crazy, um, mostly because all the flights have been limited. So on, on the Trans-Pacific lane, right. about 50% of the freight, the air cargo capacity is in belly cargo of passenger right. planes. Only about the only about half is on dedicated freighter aircraft, and so now that all now that China's factories are turning back on, but people aren't flying back and forth across the, you know the Pacific Ocean, there's a uh, you know basically capacity is at a premium and air rates are shooting up. Wow, it's pretty interesting. So it's like it's, it was so weird. It's like air rates are going up, but ocean volumes are down, <laughs> but truckload volumes are up. But it's you know it's just like this chaotic thing that's super hard to game out ahead of time, which I think just speaks to how important sort of real time freight data um, can be in these situations. You know, I I don't think any of us here really expected the volumes to spike like they did. I myself am actually fascinated to see. You know, it wasn't just like one area of the country that started it. It literally was like freight volumes turned up everywhere all at once, simultaneously. Uh, you know, and that's that's fascinating to me to see. And nobody was going to be able to predict that. No. Uh, we could predict some seasonality. Volumes tend to increase in March in general. But to see them rise to the level that they have and tender rejection rates, I mean, it is a devil's tower. Maybe, <laughs> maybe um, for the next, in 100 years, the next pandemic, they'll watch our videos on YouTube and they'll be like, oh, we predict yeah. truckload volumes to go up. Yeah, no, the, the variables are, are too plentiful for any model on the planet to yeah. predict something like this or to be able to manage it. So really, uh, the key here is just you have to be vigilant. You have to be every day trying to evaluate your process, trying to figure out what's going on as fast and as quickly as possible uh, to make sure you're making the right uh, moves. And that's, you know, you just have to watch your data. There's no model that's going to be able to predict. You have to watch your data. You have to talk to your customers. Yep. Because uh, that's really what's going to drive everything. So, you know, we've got some recovery coming up. You yeah. know, the custom stuff is showing some recovery side, especially on the, uh, you know, as we're depleting our inventory levels. So that'll show up. That's a good sign, especially here in America. That means that China has probably recovered to an extent. Uh, we can expect, uh, you know, our situation to probably be similar. In terms I saw, of recovery I saw that Bloomberg was saying that China was operating at 80 to 85 percent capacity right, right now, um, which is so remarkable. I know everybody's a, a little panicked right now, but things look like they might be, you know, at least at a turning point uh, as we enter some warmer time of uh, the year as well. Yep. So. Thanks for watching this week's On the Spot, and stay tuned for more information about all that's going on in the freight market.